You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knife here with Always. Typical Lydia. Today's show, we're going to be doing the 1982 classic, Friday the 13th, Part 3D. Yeah, and we even have 3D glasses. Like, I'm debating, are we going to use them? Like, they look like they're not even out of the package. They're not out of the package. Then I don't want to bust that bubble. <laughs> no, my my Friday the 13th Steelbook Collector's Edition. It's got all kinds of little baubles in it. It's got a, a Camp uh, Counselor Crystal Lake uh, patch. It's got an armband for some reason that has Ralph like you're all doomed. And it's got the 3D glasses. It's also got a pocket edition of uh, Crystal Lake Memories. Oh, nice, nice. I like that. The, the armband is extra handy for archery. <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, so now we're really in the month of October. Beforehand, you must know, it was September 29th that we recorded our first Halloween episode. Yeah, so it barely counted, and we're sorry, deeply, deeply, deeply sorry. More more sorry than Canadians typically are. Hey man, we could have recorded these all in September, so... I mean, <laughs> For all you know. This is really October, and it feels very Octobery. We just had some uh, pumpkin and ghost... Shaped cookies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were actually really, really delicious. So really thanks nice. to Chris's grandma for that one. Yeah. yeah. So I was, that, that's like, very rarely do I get like a treat, like I'm a small boy visiting a, a, a an aunt or something. I know. And we don't like do the sugar thing. So it's like no. a super crazy treat. So forgive me if I'm sounding a little off the wall today, folks. <laughs> she had sugar. <laughs> Which Watch out. It could be interesting, uh, chaotic, or anything like that. Friday the 13th Part 3, to many horror fans, is a message. Because it is when the famous hockey mask makes its debut. The famous hockey mask. And in some people's minds, you know, like this exists in their minds as a trilogy. They really, you know, find four a little hokey, and they give up going forward. So it's like the the end of a particular era in slasher and in Friday the Thirteenth itself. Yeah, you can you can really um, you can divide the franchise up quite neatly, at least in the beginning. Uh, the Friday the Thirteenth one through three really tells a complete story. I always include four just because that is definitively as dead as Jason ever gets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, and plus you had, um, you know, Tom Savini back doing special effects. It really does fit in uh, with the first three, definitely, mm-hmm. as far as storyline. Tone to a certain extent. This is where the tone does start to get a little more campy. And you learn that from the opening fucking sequence. Once we get past, <laughs> once we get past the, the, the flashback, because gang, just in case you weren't sure... Uh, or didn't remember, Friday the 13th Part 2, 1981. This film came out in 1982. So, you might have forgotten 
what happened in the last movie within that span of time. So we're just going to play the whole back well, Especially end. if you're smoking the reefer. <laughs> and let me tell you, this movie is very weed heavy. This makes its debut as far as drug culture, really. Yeah, really, really. And so I can't even remember where I was going with this. But the point is, is that this film... Uh, well, oh, this is this is my point. Thanks, Lids. I, I got back there. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I did fuck all. When it, when you get to that theme song, which I'm almost uh, sad that we're not going to be able to hear it because when the 3D title goes towards the screen and that funky version of Jason's theme song, the Friday the 13th theme song comes on, I just want to fucking. Get down Elaine a little dance? bit. You want a lane dance? I want a lane dance a little you know, bit. You're going to throw it at the end of the show so that you can get your dancing. <laughs> you know what? Now, yes. Now that I have do. now that I have your permission, we're doing it. Yeah. Let me ask you this: When it comes to 3D horror, um, we have in our lifetimes, you and I, lived through a couple of waves of 3D as a gimmick, a way to get asses in the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, this is nothing new. Uh, when when people in modern times. Uh, in the aughts, uh, we're complaining a lot about gimmick film and 3D film. Uh, as if it, like, what's with theaters all of a sudden trying to do this? Well, 3D seems to be the, the way that everybody tries to, to get people back into the, it's, it's almost like William Castle esque yeah, 4D. It's too complex to wire up your seats for the tingler. <laughs> so. Scream for your lives! Now, um, and that's a good point going back to the 1950s and actually the late 40s because, you know, I always tell people, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon was a 3D movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then when you go I- into the 80s, so when movies go 3D and when you get the 4D experience in the 1950s, they're saying, wait a second, everybody is watching television. No one's going to the theater anymore. How do we get people back to the theater? Then the 80s, they think to themselves... Well, everyone's got VHS tapes now. Who wants to go to the theater when they have VCRs at home? Let's try doing stuff in 3D again. And in the 2000s, everyone's saying, they got that internet, though. What do we do to get people back you into know the theater? You do, you do what Ghostbuster did. You get great big slurpy cups with a Ghostbuster logo on it and a Krylon balloon. That'll get you into the theater, won't it? <laughs> It'll get me into the theater. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does get collector culture into theater for debut and like first night when you get to get the yucky, gross plastic cup or whatever for your Slurpee. Um, But But you'll keep forever, Lydia. Sure, sure you will. (laughs) I, 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 oh, yuck, I hate that sort of knickknackery. But that was the the first movie I ever went to where it was just so merch heavy because they had nothing else. Mm -hmm. At least with 3D, it's the experience itself that they're selling. Mm. So I will defend it. I think it's fun as shit. It is very fun as shit. And I like watching films that don't have the 3D elements intact anymore, yet they're still filmed as if they do. Like House of Wax. That's a really good example about just, you know, the guy with the fucking ball. Like, hey, folks, what's going on here? And, like, the ball is just going towards the camera. This, the instances of 3D and action beats, what they were... In the in those days, like nowadays, when things are three D, you got like fucking like ninjas throwing shurikens at the fucking uh, screen, and you got like you know sometimes there's like butterflies, and it's all look at this imaginative world we're in. I'm being consumed by it. Or titties. Or titties. Titties. Just 3D. So much 
piranha. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much, much. So so much 3D titties. But in this, there's just all these really offbeat instances that only exist because the movie was in 3D, and they're not the most, let's say, visually interesting. No, they're not the most visually interesting, <laughs> which is what makes them so hilarious. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching this. Me too. Not 3D because of that. There's a lot of people that laugh at it and, and sort of discount it because of that, and mm-hmm. they, sh- they shouldn't. It's a little bit of levity. True. And I will say, in terms of uh, this film, in all the Friday the 13th uh, franchise, uh, when I was uh, dating someone a little while ago, they had... Um, a friend who had a young son who was about 10 years old or so. And he was a really big fan of Friday the 13th, the video game. Mm-hmm. And because of the video game, this kid knew all, like anything. You could not stump him about Friday the 13th trivia. He knew the actors that played everybody. He knew all the films. Now he 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 did it. He learned it retroactively. Yes, yes. Like so, the, the, like Jason has a costume in the in the game. What's that from? And then he would like go and do like watch clips on YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like amazed, and he pointed out that three for him really scared him in certain parts. Oh yeah, yeah, and as particularly ending, he found the ending quite frightening. So I was like very interesting. And I'm always because. I think that, like, and you can agree that we've seen these films so much. This these, this franchise is like a warm blanket to me. I no, but like, you get a fresh take. A fresh take. Yeah. It, was, it was like that time when I saw Friday the 13th Part 1 with someone who had never seen it. And I, and I got to watch an authentic reaction to him coming out of the lake at the end. Yeah. And and I was, I was more excited about this person flipping the fuck out about this very famous scare that as horror fans we take for granted. But do you remember the first time you saw three? I don't remember it very clearly. I was watching a lot of VHS video by that point and just picking up stacks of horror films. So it was somewhere in that mix. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose as we get on in, in the franchise, it'll become less and less clear to us at what point we saw these films because... I don't know about you, but when I first consumed these, like I said, like when I was uh, in the previous episode, by the time I was watching these films, Friday the 13th had happened. Like, yeah, we, like it, it was already, we were already on nine and, and Jason X wasn't until I was in high school. By the time I was watching Friday the 13th, the first release I remember was Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, so that's eight. Yeah, that's already eight movies in. Right? I know. So that's 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 a, that's the first fresh release I distinctly remember. Right, and and at that point, it's just you know you could even say at that point, Friday the Thirteenth has happened. Like like the, <laughs> like like eight movies. When was the fifth part? Where we felt like it was over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. And to think that we're getting on thirteen. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Anyway, I know I keep saying it, and I think I, I think that daily, on a daily basis, while I'm sitting on the toilet, I think, <laughs> wow. Yeah, but you made a very valid point, even though I don't 100% agree with you because I just want people to keep making things. Uh, but it's a campfire story that should not have lasted this long, but it does. And, and I think that, um, for me personally, when I first saw these films, it was in a marathon-type format. So over the course of a couple of weekends... I'm watching two every weekend, two every Friday. Mm-hmm. And and so in my early days, much like I find with um, 
the early days when I was consuming the Halloween movies, I had a really difficult time remembering what characters were in what film, exactly what happened, because it all kind of becomes like this one huge long movie almost in my head. Yeah. So so three, um, anytime that three came, I was like, wait, which one was three? I'm like, right, three is when he gets the mask, and three is when I hear that funky music. That's all you care about, That's right? That's all I care I about. I can't keep all the kills straight and stuff, and I really am in awe of people that can keep each movie so straight to the point mm-hmm. that if you misplace a kill, they'll correct you. Not in, a, in an elitist, crummy way, either. They just they just know the movies that well. Always in awe of that, because mm-hmm. they do mush together even worse for me. Yeah. Because I'm old. My brain is slowly turning to ricotta. Oh, rubbish. You are You are like a fine, very gothic wine. Okay, I wanted to keep the cheese analogy going. So. Oh, you're like a fine, very gothic brie. Wait, what's the most gothic cheese? <laughs> uh, probably there's a, a really nice, uh, there's a gray owl one, but there's a, um, oh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's something like Ash, Ash and Angel in French or something like that. And it's uh, a very wonderful, almost uh, almost turned like a, like a light blue cheese, but it's very creamy like a brie. And it's packed in, in ashes, and it's a beautiful smoky flavor, and all these nice black ashes, so it creates a nice rind. You heard it here first. The most gothic cheese. That I have yet discovered. There's True. also a, a black waxed goat cheese that's very fine, if you like a harder cheese. And you know I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's our cheese section of the show today. Tune in next week. Let me talk about... It's like listeners closing their fucking browsers right now. Yeah, they're done with us. Yeah, they're just like, so these fucking assholes said that they were going to do a commentary track for Friday 13th Part 3, and then just talked about cheese for two hours. Well, I really do want to talk about chocolate next week, because there's a really good chocolatier out of Toronto I think everyone should uh, get in on. Anyway... (laughs) So we do have a few little like uh, housekeeping things. Some fun things have, have gone on. Uh, just last night, in fact, was launched the debut episode of my uh, narrator's new podcast. And I always feel weird calling him my narrator because he's not. He is a narrator and just very talented voice actor, D. Michael Hope, who had done Pray Lady 1 and 2. And he has a new podcast called Hope I Didn't Scare You. So if you're liking that dark fiction thing with really good voice work uh d michael hope has this new show hope i didn't scare you and he, the first episode has a story by um paulus huggins and myself mm-hmm. so yeah you can listen in which so uh, which one of your stories is is he doing he did widow's wake oh, yeah okay, yeah because okay. it does i was listening to it last night because you know well I, I enjoyed his work and i enjoyed huggins work i'd reviewed the Huggins book as well. So Plus, like, supporting. Supporting, supporting. Oh, completely. And uh, I, I realized that that story does get pretty fucking gruesome. So, yeah. Do you, do you, when it comes to your writing, do you notice when you're writing some, I mean, like, do you notice when you're writing fucked up shit? Or are you just writing stuff and you're like, this is where the story's going. This is what the narrative is going. Because when I write gross things, I'm specifically writing gross things. I'm like, I want this to be gross. Or, or um, do you, or you, yeah, which is it for you? I usually realize after. I, I realize in editing. I, I, I write it and I'm like, oh God, that was a, that ring rung me out. I need to smoke now. 
And then I come back to it, be it immediately or a month later, depending on how long it has to age like a good cheese or a fine wine. <laughs> and then I go, holy fucking shit, that's crazy. What the fuck? And like, when when have I likened maggots to pomegranate seeds? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't realize it when I'm writing it, though, because that's just what it is. That's just what's happening. That's just where the story's going. Like said. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. We write completely way. different um, methods, though. I know we do. I know we do. True, true. Um, you're a real writer, and I'm a fucking carpetbagger. I need to take this carpetbagging school, though, so that I can produce a little more heavily. Because I find that you can sit down and produce. You don't need to have to wait for the muse to come and kiss you in the temple so that you can go, oh, I feel so inspired. I'm going to go hide in my office. That's um, that's the radio. Where there's like you have to produce every day. Like I could just... produce nonfiction like yeah. that. I have to learn to cross those wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It's like much like... Uh, like comedy or whatever is like where comedians get their shit. They're just guessing. They just throw a bunch of shit at the wall. And when they find something funny, they're like, there you go. Um, that's me. Like, I just like, I just keep writing and I'm guessing mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm just like, maybe this is good. And then like, I'll look at it later. and be like, nah, it's dumb. I'll just take that out. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and sometimes, uh, I don't know. Like I, th- yeah, yeah. I guess we do write totally differently. I like, often thought I wanted to cross those wires with true crime. And mm-hmm. when Serial Killer Quarterly uh, was active, I desperately wanted to write for that. Mm-hmm. Um, desperately. I desperately want Serial Killer Quarterly to come back and be a thing. And who knows, it may. I have no idea. But the creator of that, uh, Lee Meller, um, Professor Lee Meller, is he does Murder Was the Case, one of my favorite podcasts. And they're doing... Um, their lecture bit i forget what he actually entitles it but he is basically unleashing a lecture on his episode on his podcast i think it was like criminal sadism sexual sadism but this one is on necrophilia so i highly recommend this podcast highly recommend this podcast not just for this episode like I'm a patron of that podcast and I should be giving more because I want it to never go away. Just like I wanted Serial Killer Quarterly to never go away. Um, but this um, necrophilia study is just fascinating. Lee is a godsend to criminology, I believe, and a godsend to my creative juices. So this uh, may help because it saves me checking out a whole bunch of $200 books. I'm like getting really pumped. Like you're you're making me excited. Oh man, yeah, I, I, I definitely that'll be a great one to listen to while you're stacking pumpkins. Yeah, stacking pumpkins. In case you missed it, check out Chris. Or in case you missed it, check out Wes's Instagram for. Uh, he's the pumpkin king, basically. I am the pumpkin king. He's the pumpkin king. I heard a lot of shit about fucking Jack Skellington calling himself the pumpkin king. Doesn't even doesn't really touch any pumpkins. I touch a lot of pumpkins, especially in the Halloween season. Sometimes even in the off season, and, uh, and so I'm the real pumpkin king. That's my hashtag. You truly are. You truly are. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot on my Instagram, but you know what? People seem to like it. Well, you're also the pumpkin king in that you're bringing the Halloween spirit here to dead air. Not that we don't have the Halloween spirit year round, twenty four seven, but we we are hitting up some of our Halloween episodes coming up after this. Uh, we're gonna have Cabin in the Woods, which feels pretty goddamn Halloweeny if you ask me. Um, 
there's Hell House on Bind Torture Castle will be covering Hell House 2, Abaddon Hotel, or Hell House LLC, Abaddon mm-hmm. Hotel. And I'm just loving the Halloween spirit. Like the pumpkins, the pumpkin tossing, you're <laughs> calling out Jack Skellington because you're fucking right. A, a whole like two or maybe more part show on Murder was a Case on Necrophilia. Really, really enjoying that, if I haven't said four times already. Mm-hmm. And here we are with Friday the 13th of all fucking things. Friday the 13th of all fucking things. And it's a really good opportunity for us to just like sit back and watch some of our favorite horror movies and try to add something. We'll figure it out as we go on. This is a lot like improv. We'll just guess as we watch the movie what we're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And sorry if we do fall quiet. We weren't too bad with the last episode. We did good like we do for commentary tracks. Man, if there's one thing I've never been accused of is being a quiet person that doesn't talk incessantly. True. Thank God for that because I know I get quiet. So True. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'll keep engaged. I haven't seen this one for a little bit. It's probably been about six years since i've watched friday wow. the 13th part three it's been four months from not four months i watched this in june this was one of my movies when i was getting stressed out about moving yeah i uh, i've I watched this this you know what and that's a really good point when i'm having bad anxiety days friday the 13th franchise in and of itself really helps center me um because they are so nostalgic for me they really are a part of my horror awakening as a young teen and stuff like that. Like you said, a warm blanket. It's a warm blanket. Like I know where it's going. I know all the characters and it just makes me happy to watch this movie. And so, yeah, you'll often find me popping it three, one, two, three, and four are the ones that I've seen the most. Yeah. um, Hands down. But, um, and, and this one in particular, I bet you I've seen the most out of all of them. Um, cause for a while I did maintain that it was like my favorite one. It's just as my tastes have sort of changed a little bit, I kind of like other ones better. Like I said, two might be closer to my favorite now, but then I also like four. That's the problem is like when I start thinking about which one might be my favorite, I start thinking about every single, uh, scene and bit and character that I like and all the other ones with the exception of Jason goes to hell. Fuck that movie to death. Um, and, and so it's, it's hard to maintain, because even five, the notorious, like, Jason's not even in this one. I fuck, I was like, I'm not going to like this, and I rewatched it, and I was like, ah, fuck, I like this one, too. I just... <laughs> ah, fuck, now what? Now, now what? I'm going to like Jason Goes to Hell or something fucking dumb like no, that. No, I rewatched Jason Goes to Hell when I got this, tried, this yeah. set, and I just... That was, that was around the cabin fever days when we did that episode, and... Oh, my God. Anyways... Anyways is right. Yeah, my warm blanket movies are not Friday the 13th. It's Halloween 2 for sure. And, well, Puss in Boots. I mean, a surprise. <laughs> Puss in Boots. And, of course, American Psycho. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. I love that movie so fucking much. I did We were just talking about it this morning. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So we're not talking about American Psycho. This is the classic American Psycho right here. <laughs> the undead Psycho. Absolutely. So how this works, if this is your first commentary track episode with Dead Air or ever, um, welcome to this weird format. Um, what we're going to do is Lids and I are going to watch the movie uh, and we are going to talk over it and you can line up your copies of Friday the 13th Part 3. You're not going to hear it uh, because we don't own Friday the 13th Part 3 uh, and we don't want to get sued. 
So we're going to be watching it with the sound off and we'll yeah. generate constant conversation and we will have the captions up and that'll be that. Yeah, we'll give you a little countdown yes. and then you'll be able to uh, line it all up. And I don't know, I, I, I don't like commentary tracks myself. I, I fucking hate them. I know. Uh, we do an okay job because we actually still maintain a goddamn show in amongst this because a lot of commentary tracks are just a lot of silence. You can hear people's fish tanks bubbling and every so often they go, oh, yeah, this part, yeah. You know oh, what they said part. on the on the director's commentary of this, and then they just fucking reiterate a bunch of that. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Are we ready to rock and roll? Us? Yes, I will count down from uh, twenty five. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I will count down from three. I will say go. Lids will hit the play button, and we're going to be off and running. And three, two, one, go. And we're back at the grainy, old Paramount logo. Less grainy the last time. It seems like in the course of one year, one year, the Paramount logo got a little bit better. It's still such a comfort. It's like Star Wars fans when they see... No, the, man, the TriStar horse. I oh, love the TriStar horse. That that's just very, makes my day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Canon, the Canon logo? The Canon logo doesn't make my day. How is that? It kind of makes my Sunday night at... 2 a.m. Well, <laughs> it does seem a little bit. What if what if they're playing like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, though? Then you see the Canon logo and then you see TCM 2. Yeah, okay, okay. It's, that's a Sunday afternoon at least. 2 p.m. then. I, I corrected myself. Oh, yeah. I love this flashback because it actually covers some of the, the parts where I'm usually galvanized. Yeah. Speaking of grainy, this this uh, I feel like this section is less polished than it actually was in the actual movie. Like, and then it's almost kind of like when you see old videos for old trailers, like back in the seventies, and you see how fucked up and grainy and blurry screens used to be, and you think to yourself, "God, is that what the resolution was when people were watching movies back in those days?" And we just didn't notice because I used to think that there was no difference between VHS and DVD and then no difference between DVD and Blu-ray when I first was encountering them. But now when I go back, I'm like, wow, there really is a difference. No, there really is a difference. And I mean, this you're right. It does look even more depreciated than the version we had watched, which it's not like they're super, super cleaned up for this no, either. No. But on this, you can see some dust and scratches that they... I don't know if they've added in because they didn't really have that technology unless they've added it in for this version, a little extra, because I just saw some extra little gremlins there. Uh, but there are dust and scratches. It looks reticulated or something. Like, it's really, really bad. Yeah, but it also kind of adds to it. Doesn't it? It makes it seem like you're watching Friday the 13th on an old piece of shit standard definition TV at two o'clock in the morning, exactly the way that it was meant to be watched. I mean, if you couldn't see it in theaters and shit. That or the film stock was was crummy stock, and they used it for this, or had, were forced to use it, and it had oxidized or something. In the meantime, I'm not really sure. That's what it looks like, anyway. Yeah, this is how come a lot of the actors from the second movie get credited in the third movie. Yeah, you were wondering about that. Right? Yeah, I was like, why is uh, why is Amy Steele being credited in three? I'm like, oh right, because 
again, it's such a weird choice. And I think the reason why we harp so much on these flashback sequences is because in modern filmmaking, they would truncate this down. They might even... Um, they might even go so far as to, I wouldn't say that they would do a, a, a Texas chainsaw to like, um, n- recap in the narrative, but I, they would probably show flashes or refilm something to basically do like a tight 30 second to a minute maximum. Like, this is what happened in all the previous movies, but this, and for a while, they literally will just keep playing entire sections of the previous film. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is a different Jason, right, than we're going to see coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, did, did they credit both Jasons? They um, should have. Like, they definitely should have. Yeah. Baghead Jason, not so baghead Jason. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really a really wonderful scene, so I certainly don't mind a flashback. There's a lot of movies where this would be eye-roll worthy, but... Considering the scene that it is, and considering the the loveliness we get to see, I am fine with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. As I was saying uh, in the previous episode, this um, scene with Ginny is one of my favorite scenes in any of the Friday the 13th franchise, and one of my favorite scenes in horror, period. Um, oh, that shot with the machete right through. is so good. Like, There's something so nasty about injuries like that. Like, you could just imagine it going through your collarbone and how... So can she. Look at her face. <laughs> like, yeah. And how much that would fucking hurt and just how weird uh, and unexpected. You know what it's like? It's like when we were watching the Evil Dead movie and that one guy fell on that one weird spot on his back on the toilet and it just looked so fucking painful because it's not an obvious blow to the head or like a hit to the nuts or something like that just like these weird angles were like yeah you can get hurt all over can't you like one of the most painful things in the movie really yeah yeah they really don't shy away from that at all just like I, I think they they cut a little bit after this, but because they they can't go all the way to the very end, can they? No, they can't go all the way to the very end. See, this is this is new. This is new, and you can even tell like it's way more cleaned up. Yeah, it's way more cleaned up, and uh, I mean, if you if you're gonna be an elitist, he has a different. You would look for his thumb. You know, does he have that mark on his thumb still? Because that's something you can't really fake. Yeah. Is it a different Jason? I'd say so. I almost think the eyes might open here. Oh, Mrs. Voorhees. It's not looking too great. Oh, man. I'm just imagining the funky music Imagining the funky music and imagining that you had some three glasses on. (laughs) So this would have its full effect. Full effect. It's like, oh, my God. You'd be like ducking in your seat. <laughs> Tracy Savage is right in my brain, man. <laughs> it is funny that um, because of the 3D effect, like there's really not a whole hell of a lot going on in this opening sequence. Like they really just have mist, and it's kind of blue, uh, and that's kind of it. They could have had so much more fun with this, you know, because I'm picturing like a Spider Baby intro, but oh, yeah. yeah, 3D, that would be so fucking fun. Hey, Mr. Manfredini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D supervisor. 
the cameras for these, um, the 3D, as you can imagine, 3D cameras, even nowadays, are just unwieldy fucking machines. In these days, uh, 1982 cameras were apparently just monstrous to work with. And the 3D really only worked if you filmed things at the right, precise, perfect angle. And so people really had to hit their marks. And it was incredibly time-consuming to uh, get this all done. You know what's wonderful stuff is that every time someone even says 3D, all I can think of is SCTV. And I don't know how many SCTV fans there are out there because (laughs) we're not all 40. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Um, And they had Smell-O-Vision, though. Like, I always wish Smell-O-Vision would really come next. But that... Were they just, like, passing toward the camera and back, toward the camera and back? Oh, my God. It's in my head every single time. I've got John Candy's face in my mind. Feed me some 3D. Yeah. Well, instead, you get uh, the Crystal Lake grocery store. In 3D. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be you for the entire uh, 90 minutes. Yeah, I got to simmer down. I got to simmer down. It's all that sugar crossing through my veins. Oh, my God. I forgot all about the sugar. How could you forget? I was wondering why you were actually like sitting up and alert. I am sitting up. It's crazy. And I'm bouncing off the goddamn walls. This is me bouncing off the walls. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite 3D effects. <laughs> Just like, first of all, how you, how you be mad at anybody when your um, clothesline is such a flimsy apparatus? Like you basically have like a broom handle holding everything up. This woman is wife goals. 2018 for me. Like bathrobe, hair curlers, knitting angrily. And also being a bitch. (laughs) Watching her stories. She So this actually um, lets you know that the the events, the previous events uh, of Friday the 13th Part 2, Whoa, there's an antenna in my face. That's so cool. <laughs> have just happened. Yeah. And now we're watching like a literal scene from, I guess, the, like news cameras were there. But um, yeah, so like somewhere out there right now, Jeannie is like comatose. She's like, you know, getting recovered. And yeah, in like a hospital. In a having hospital. horrible fucking nightmares, probably. Yeah. But this is a, this is what I love about a sequel. I always love have a super soft spot for a sequel that happens the next day or mm-hmm. something. Is why you like Halloween too, same night. Yeah, love that. I love that sort of continuation. But in this case, in this case, Jason has not only seemingly recovered from his grievous injuries, he's also gotten himself a haircut, shaved his beard. He's changed a little bit. I think that maybe it's that rejuvenation process. His hair just fell out, you know? Yeah. He's like like he, chemo. <laughs> he's, uh, he's become more powerful. He is a meat ghost or golem. Uh, so perhaps they were just like, all right, the hair was a mistake. We're rebuilding this Jason. And uh, I don't need hair anymore. But he also doesn't have his bag anymore. No, he lost his bag. Maybe, you know, he could have had that sort of moment. You know, sometimes people get a little bit down or want to change or they're Travis Bickle. 
And they have a moment in the mirror. Maybe he had one of those moments. We'll never know. And he thought, well, I guess I can put all my hair in the bag because he had a lot of hair. And he just put it in the bag and threw it in the trash and then went to terrorize the neighbors. This guy's got a lot of pets. He's and got... a lot of train stuff, too. He's really into the trains as much as he's into the pets. Yeah. He's also eating fish food. What the actual fuck? I used to eat the bloodworms I used to feed my betas. You did yum not. Yum and yum. Oh my god. What, they're yummy. Crunchy little buggers. I've also eaten a milk bone. Like you're going to feed things to your pets you won't eat yourself. <laughs> this is, you know, he's got himself goldfish. He's got himself a big old rabbit that's just hanging out in the produce and shit It's like, like my that. sister's house. You just add some fucking guinea hens to this and a giant husky dog. And that's pretty much her menagerie. That is brutal. Also, could you imagine anything more gross than, than like going to a, a grocery store where you knew for 100%? That the store owner is just taking bites and sips out of everything? That's actually very disgusting. And I worry about that a lot. Yeah. This guy's just like, he's like, I'm drinking juice. I'm eating peanuts. I'm eating all these donuts. I often will reach back in the aisles and get something that I hope no one's even touched. Except Mm. the stalker. Well, don't you worry, because I maintain a high point of quality. Oh, I know you do. That's why I shop there. I still need to hide some plastic spiders in amongst the produce (laughs) for you, because I think that would be fun. (laughs) It was like, what's with all these plastic spiders? Like, ah, that's my friend. She's pranking me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't work when I tell you, does it? This film, one of the... uh, uh, I was thinking about um, upcoming scenes. But this movie provides a lot of weird color for characters that aren't going to be around that long. So you wonder, are they just marking time? Like, I know that, fuck, that bunny just, like, ate shit. Yeah. Well, the bunny don't don't matter. Um, No, it is. Like, Lionel, who gives a shit about Lionel? Right? Yeah. Oh, like. 3D snake. Oh, my God. You could see it on a wire. That was the funnier part. Yeah, it, it was. It was weird. It's just weird. Like if, if there's a lot of wasted time, and and I mean that in in a very gentle way. But mostly because you know, in front of the thirteenth part one, uh, people complain about um, you know Alice like making coffee. And, and so it's like, whoa, like, what the... Which f- takes like, four seconds and is actually integral, I think, to the plot, because that's what you do. Yeah. And I like that scene. We talked about it. I, was, I just really like yeah. that scene. It reminds me of, like, my cottage, because, like, the instant coffee and all that kind of shit. But, like, this is, is like, we're watching this guy eat food. We're watching him play with his animals. He doesn't seem too alarmed. No, no, we're watching him take a shit. Yeah. And it's really beyond pulling the taffy at this point. Yeah. Because we've only had a couple, like, fun 3D moments with the snake and the laundry thing and, like, and the antenna. Like, it's silliness. It's all fucking silliness up until now. And it's not really building tension. Mm. Especially since, like, you know, you're, you're establishing a, a dynamic between characters you know, this is, this, this is like, fuck, this guy's wife may as well be, like, chasing him around with, like, a rolling pin. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, for for uh, all the cliches that she's exhibiting. But, um, yeah, like, 
you could have cut so much out of these scenes and just had this. Like, I don't necessarily want to see this guy taking a dump. Uh, but th- this is what I'm talking about. Like, you could have just started the scene here. It didn't need to really be any more than that. Um, I guess in a way they might be thinking, well, we want you to care about the characters. I'm like, well, these characters, but like, here's my point is like, these characters are not going to the camp. Or, no, or- and I don't think that, that sentiment of we have to make people care about these people so they care when they die. I don't think that that sentiment really existed until the late 90s when people started dissecting these films because no one was dissecting them quite as heavily as we do today. And we didn't care about caring about them. Did they even use the 3D in that hatchet scene? No, but I was going to say, speaking of dissected. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's only a couple of kills in which the 3D is uh, pretty prevalent. Oh, the pitchfork. I'm the waiting pitch for it. Yeah. I'm making like little heart shapes with my thumb and fingers here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm really sold on rethinking this as hillbilly horror. This yeah. scene helps that a lot mm-hmm. because she is the perfect hillbilly wife. Oh my god, yeah. Really? And this decor in outside of their store, the store is fairly tidy despite how messy Lionel makes it by eating things and fingering every goddamn piece of food in the store mm-hmm. and having live animals in there. But their house is just like dingy and gross and grimy every inch of it. And rats. Aw, oh, hey buddy. <laughs> Beady little red eyes. There we go. Yeah, you wanted your knitting needle? Got it. <laughs> There's some 3D action for you. Those useless 3D scenes that, I don't know. I think it's hilarious. It is very hilarious. So where are we going to be definitely meeting our, our delightful cast of characters? A van full of kids. Kind of full of kids. They got like a cute... They got a cute... Uh, did she say last house on the left or white house on the left? I think she said the last house. What the fuck? Shelly. Like, okay, so this, wearing a mask that kind of reminds me of Alice Sweet Alice. Ah, oh, very, very apt. Yes, it does. I, I really, I really just don't know. Um, good Lord. I... Shelly, and we talked about it a little bit before we went, Shelly in the echelons of horror is is a character that is classically annoying to everybody. He's up there with like Franklin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But as I had said, um, Franklin, to me, is justifiably pissed off about being being at this place with people that are kind of not really taking the fact that he's in a wheelchair uh, to heart and and kind of leaving him on his own constantly and mm-hmm. he does still act normal in plenty of scenes um shelly here though is, is incapable of acting normal he's fucking he's insane. like it's like they recast what was supposed to be like a, a 10 year old brother that's what it feels like oh my god yeah what a goon but anyway at least we don't have to hear him that's one bonus. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty brutal. This uh, Shelley is good, like, good lord, why would you put the mask on? <laughs> but like this instance of like you have um, Scooby and Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, like what? These characters 
seem straight out of the 70s. Okay. Like, it seems everyone else seems kind of, you know, 80s. I get it. Like, Buddy's wearing a fucking Letterman jacket and all that shit. But those two characters, it's like Cheech and Chong, if, like, Chong was a girl, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that looks more like Tommy Chong, so that would be Cheech. She would be Cheech. Okay, so she's Cheech. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is fucking... I think it might even be Tommy Chong, for crying out loud. Look at him. He looks exactly like him. That's crazy. <laughs> he really does. No, it's not, but he does. Um, yeah, no, you're totally right. They are real throwbacks. Like, where did they find these kids? But hey, when I was a kid, my mom had friends that were super hippies like this. Like, power hippies. Oh, God, get that out of my face. <laughs> also, the... Um, like, I mean, she looks... In and around their same age, that dude looks like he's in, like, 30. You know what I'm 30. saying? 30. Like, oh, like, look at us, Wes. We're beyond 30, and we look more together than that gentleman. That's he true. Lo- he's looking more like 45. This is fucking buck wild. Chuck eating a bag of weed. Like, they're all eating the weed. Could you imagine anything? No, I can't imagine. Absolutely not. That's freaking ridiculous. But it's also going to be legal here, so we'll never have to worry about that again, will we, Wes? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a mouthful of green tea there. Yikes. Yeah. It's like it's like they're trying to, uh, like, everyone's coming up with excuses about why they shouldn't have the weed. But this is, like, such a really good example about the weird, you know, um, uh, Shelly's date. Uh, having this weird argument with her mother and they think the van's on fire and then they have to they think these police are for them so they have to eat this bag of weed all these really fucking bizarre scenes yeah that, that are, are just that, chewing up time that, yeah i was like d- like do we need anything them for them other to get to uh chrissy's lake house i guess because that's the thing it's not a camp in this movie they're going to Next door. Yeah, they're going. They're going to her house or across the lake, or I can't remember. But it's, it's um, it's not a camp. This is the first time where we're like, we're not doing camps. This is not a camp slasher. Kind of. Not. Kind of. Yeah. Um, one of my family's cottages when I was younger was down the road from a place not unlike this. So it still feels pretty homey to me. Yeah. Roadkill. Gotta love some roadkill. Um, you know, I could pass the rest of what ensues off as a fever dream because of the amount of weed they just ate. <laughs> this sequence, um, talk about marking time. Like, w- mm-hmm. this, he looks just like my grandfather. The, the, the this character, they, because they, 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 they realized that they'd fucked up and they'd killed Ralph in the other movie. I know. I was just going to say, they've got no one to tell them that Camp Blood has a death curse. Yeah. But. Does he say they're doomed? He yeah, doesn't say they're doomed. Words. He eats this eyeball. Like, like, if, like, Ralph is, like, the ghost of Ralph is just sitting there floating around being like, you thought I was fucking weird? At least I was just a drunk drunk guy. This guy's like fucking waving an eyeball. Mm-hmm. 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 And he's and he's more like prophesizing. Like he seems more um religious with his these and thighs. I guess he doesn't eat it. I thought he did. Hagen's Haven. <laughs> Like all those signs you see on the way to the cottage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Parker's Nest. This bridge. 
Um, this is a nice little bit of foreshadowing too about, um, although I like that, um, you know, in evil dead, they have yes, something so much better bridge, much better bridge. Uh-huh. Like, but in this, it's just like, well, it was a shitty bridge to, to begin with or whatever. What is that dog doing to that guy's crotch? <laughs> it's, it's just a happy dog. Yeah, it's happy. All right. <laughs> Well, at least somebody has a fucking head on their shoulders. She's going to take her bags into the house like a grown-up. Are the rest just stripping? Running into the lake? Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely not here to, uh, to help out. This is, this is the, the, real, uh, the reality of hosting people. I've hosted friends at my cottage, yeah. and all I spend my time doing is picking up after them and cooking. That's all you... And when you invite a group of people up to your cabin, that is what you're doing. Well, like, that's why I'll never have a cabin or have other people in it. I wouldn't <laughs> mind having a secret cabin that nobody knows about. That'd be great. It's like that you could like plot in the woods and stuff like that. Ugh. What? That's adorable. Um, at least she doesn't have to clean up after him. She doesn't have to clean up after him. Rick. Rick. <sighs> Rick. I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. There is a lot of subtlety in his, or not too subtle uh, shit in his lines, um, where he does not give a flying fuck about anything that Chris has to say or do that it is not just him trying to fuck her. Like that, like, and and the, the 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 noble pursuit of getting your dick wet can be done a lot less gross than this, because you know. And she tells him she communicates this uh, several times. And she is the one with the head on the shoulders too. So you'd think he'd be able to talk up to her a little bit more. But no. Yeah. So he's oversexed. What do you do? Yeah, it's like oh god. It's like seeing you've gained weight since last summer. Like what the fuck. I was like, I guess, like, this is our cheeky relationship where I low-key call you fat. Like, <laughs> It's also coming from this place. I mean, I remember being a child, and that is basically what men did. They talk like Archie Bunker. They all bitch at their wives and call them fat and call them ugly, call them Satan, call them, like, harpies, call them seagulls, because all they do is squawk and shit, you know, stuff like that. It's coming out of that... TV era, father knows best, and mother has to chase him with a rolling pin to get anything done around here. You know, it's it's a very strange time for men and women. Yeah, and you know, I'm looking in the inside of their van, and I see a lot more hippie stuff. They've got this uh, the Grateful Dead stuff. They've got some Led Zeppelin stuff. They have nothing really contemporary. There's nothing very 80s about these kids, except yeah. their look. But there's a lot of like little tiny hippie accoutrements. Yeah, it really should. I mean, it doesn't help that the van literally has wall-to-wall shag carpeting. Yeah, right. Um, it's like the Alta Vista basement on <laughs> wheels. <laughs> uh, Sleep in a hammock? Could you do that? Sleep oh, in a hammock? No, absolutely not. I am a princess in the pea type. And, oh, um, no. Thanks. That's one thing I could never, you know, like house parties and stuff. Mm-mm. I had to go home. Sometimes I'd wake up through the night and just go home. Sleepovers, not my thing. Hammocks, camping. I like, I don't mind cottages if there's actual beds. Uh, 
second, you know she's got a head on her shoulders because she just puts this dude to work right away. He's got to put this hay away. Friggin' right. Who wants to deal with hay? Not I. Thank you. But it is reminiscent of the uh, first Friday 13th, the opening sequence. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely good point. All I can picture is how hot that probably is up in that barn and all that fucking... The gross thing about hay is not... You know, that it's dry and it smells weird and barns always kind of have like a weird must about them. It smells wonderful. Go on. (laughs) It's more that, you know, when that stuff is floating around, it gets in your eyes. It Like you start breathing it in. And worst part is, is that hay just starts to cling to your skin. Especially once you're sweating. It is the most disgusting. And that dust is a chunky dust. Oh, yeah. The only other dust that behaves on your sweaty flesh... Like, hay dust is drywall dust. Drywall chalk does a very similar thing, although it's not as dry and light, so it doesn't seem to stay in the air. The hay dust hangs in the air. It is, oh, oh, I hate it. I hate it, too. (laughs) And it was probably, like, 200 fucking degrees up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just wearing a flimsy shirt, and he's like, well, I can't wear my shirt for this. staircase seems like it's a good idea until you're drunk and i feel like at this cabin people probably would get drunk a lot yeah they look like the types i mean one of them can't get drunk at all they don't talk about this aside from the pregnancy yeah the pregnancy and uh i mean it won't come to term (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert spoiler alert but that is like an interesting point like i don't know if they've ever done that again like where you know, Jason kills a pregnant lady or something like that. No, they should do it more often. I'd be down with that. Let's let's see another Friday thirteenth part fourteen where he's like death to breeders, murder the clown cars. <laughs> My god. You're right, there is a lot of um seventies, sixties, like old stuff just floating around. It really is like and since you'd said like, oh these two are the throwbacks, um <sighs> yeah. Voorhees' body discovery doesn't quite happen like that, so we know he's not actually dead. Yeah. Um, I, I'm now I'm looking for it, and I've got this keen eye of like, is there anything about these fucking kids that say '80s? Like, he had the varsity jacket. Yeah, the varsity jackets coming up through the '50s, right? So, yeah. like, okay, what else have these fucking kids do done that says '80s at all? Yeah, see, Shelly, um, it's weird enough that Shelly brought all this weird shit with him on on this trip. In what luggage? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, he brought it. It, it was almost like a. It's almost like a old makeup uh, bag. Like what? What? Uh, an old He's perform- a magician. Yeah, exactly. Or if he was like Lon Chaney and like doing his own makeup and stuff like that. And he even refers it. Uh, refers it. Um, refers to it. Excuse me. As um, his whole world, Vera asks him, what do you got in that? That He's like, my whole world. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, stick around. And, and I'll, I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I'll wow you with all my special effects stuff that I got from Regal online shopping. Or not online at the time. Sorry, catalog shopping. <laughs> I got a magic kit from Regal when I was really little. And it had like fake vomit and uh, fake wounds and some theatrical blood and... Um, magician's handcuffs and a finger guillotine, all kinds of stuff that <laughs> Shelley would have just fucking loved. Yeah, 
was like you would have been trying to beat him off with a stick. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, he'd be all up on me like Lisa Simpson and her Millhouse. <laughs> he is a Millhouse. He's worse than Millhouse. I'd take yeah. Millhouse anytime over this turd. Oh, he's a turd. He he is a turd. And you know, beforehand, it, it's only as I've gotten older that I that I, like Shelley has really started to grade on me. When I was young, I I didn't think he was like I was like oh what a cool character. But I I definitely was like oh people are <laughs> like fucking. Uh, like as people are giving this. Sorry, I got excited. (sighs) The introduction of uh, Fox and Company is this gang, racially diverse gang. You don't want to. You don't want to have any stereotypes. You don't want to have any stereotypes. Uh, Everyone who isn't quote unquote bad is white. (laughs) I'm sorry to have pointed that out in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> I mean, it's refreshing that they're not all fucking pasty, but yeah, yeah that's just, true. Just pointing out, you know, they never could do villains properly until, like, I don't know, maybe they were doing villains properly in more underground films, like Warriors. Hmm. Warriors is palpable how vile street people can be or street involved people or tough gangster types that actually works with movies that are of a different genre they never quite do it properly especially in in horror these guys seem like cartoon characters like they're like cartoon level like almost like the punks in return of the living dead yeah like just like that level gonna go with that of of just like they're comic book characters they're literally fucking just goofy caricatures of a subculture that no one playing them really belongs to mm-hmm. um but i mean or knowing it, no one writing them really belongs to either yeah <clears throat> it's weird though like that this town is has got uh just three tufts in it right like crystal lake's just got these three tufts <laughs> i wish that they were just passing through Maybe that it seems like they're like an from easy there, rider. Yeah, yeah it does. It does seem like that, but it could be that they're just passing through. It could be. Or like in Mask. You ever see the movie Mask with Cher? Of yeah. course you have. Of course I have. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> who am I? Who am I? Cher's coming, isn't she? Are you I, going? I don't know, but okay. I'd like to. Yeah. 3D chain, motherfucker. 3D chain. More or less. Yeah. I love this. I, I do like this look where they're just kind of like looking at each other and he kind of gives like a, a big goofy smile and Shelly's like, oh, it's all right. No, no, man. It's definitely not all right. <laughs> Get more 3D chain into the deal. And again, like, th- like, listen, I'll give them credit for, you know, they're going to up the body count by, by bringing in some more characters to be involved with the plot. But this is this whole other fucking sequence where I feel like I'm watching a different movie. Really? And when have we seen Jason last? Oh, ages ago. Yeah. Last night, in fact. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm watching, you know, Vera's fighting with her mother and there's these weird 70s stoners and Shelly's done two different pranks already. And, um... They've had an altercation with the Tufts. Yeah, the Tufts, like, at this fucking gas station. It's, uh... Pretty heinous. Pretty <laughs> yo-yo, like this, you need. This is a lot like the fucking uh, House of Wax sequence to me, where he's yeah. just got like the paddle and it's like, hey, hurry, hurry, folks. 
ridiculous. It's a lot of uh, boy buffoonery in this movie. A lot of Dennis the Menacery? <laughs> yeah. Like they miscast 10-year-old brothers? Yeah, yeah, seriously. There we go. I do like his style of just like pink pants, bandana. It's pretty good. You know, it 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 is Ottawa, and it's still sort of summerish out. Uh, there's enough of that happening in Hintonburg right about now. If you like this style, there's a lot of that happening in Hintonburg right now. I just like that. You know, he he. Everyone else is just kind of like dressed kind of the same, right? Kind of. They almost look like the guys anyway. Kind of lumberjackian. Yeah, Vera looks like she's going on fucking safari, like business safari. Like she's she's wearing so much beige and also has heels. Safari. <laughs> yeah. I will say that, um, like Rick, right now, his like his his super cool car that he's got going on got fucked up, which is probably not great. Fuck, he's even got the sweater around his shoulders. Like, did his, does he mention Yale anywhere <laughs> in this? Because that would make a lot of sense to me, especially maybe he's an engineer. Well, he's like, let's see. He's talked so far about um, what they should be doing. Is having sex and not worrying about anything that's wrong with Chris or why she feels anxious about being being at the the cabin again. Um, he's also mentioned that she's put on weight. He's also mentioned that he is giving up a date with a woman who likes to have sex. Uh, and, and then he's also mentioned, and then he's got his car broken. So, Have you, has he mentioned Yale, though? <laughs> no, really? He's, he's mentioned Yale at all. 3D nipples? Question mark. So we're getting closer to um, some actual Jason action here, or no? Well, no, because the Tufts are going to steal gas. Because that's what they do. Yeah. That's what they do. I think that, um, well, they're going to siphon gas, really. That's still stealing. Springsteen, the boss, just in case you're curious. Okay, there's an 80s reference for, for once. Not so bad. Springsteen, the boss. Okay. It's funny that, like, they, um, they're they toughs, but they also don't want to get too tough. Because they basically just want to steal gas, which isn't that bad, I guess. And then Allie reassures Fox that, you know, they're not going to be causing any damage. This barn that she's going to is still standing, actually. Is it? I would I would actually like to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny of all things, like this old barn is still kicking around. I should see and ask. A friend of mine had gone on the tour of where it was filmed. Uh, and I don't know if it's just the first one or if it's a completely different locale. Uh, yeah, so I know the the the, the Crystal Lake tour. Uh, I can't remember the name of the fucking uh, the camp's actually name because it's like one of those like indigenous names that are just like blah 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 blah, blah weird. Yeah, uh, but like yeah, and and I think that the last time that they had uh, they they did that tour, they even had uh, the actress uh, that played Alice. Yeah. Adrian yeah. King, she came into the thing. Yeah, so that was really cool. This this is like literally me in every barn. Anytime that I go anyplace rural, just me wandering around like fucking with shit. 
touching grody things, playing bongos on the cowbells. Yeah, that's yeah. what you do. I, 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 I still can't. I have not evolved in what I like. I find. All the color palette here is so drab that you don't even notice the pants and the shirt yeah. that just walked in. Uh, I love. I do love that. But yeah, you would. I, I used to walk in my grandma's barn and, and jingle the the she had like sleigh bells mm-hmm. on one wall, and I jingle them almost every time. Almost every time I walked in. Yeah. It's always funny to me what uh, people just kind of leave lying around. You might think it's like some of that stuff might be worth something. Old saddles and stuff like that. Mm, saddle might or might not. It looks like the leather's getting pretty punchy. Yeah. It's been dried out for a long time and it's pretty crummy looking. The horn's really, really worn. <laughs> Talk about foreshadowing. Yeah, I know. My sister got a pitchfork right through the leg. Me and her running around the yard one day and there's Oof. a pitchfork on the ground. Someone had left. And uh, she tripped and fell, or I pushed her and she fell. One of the two, um, and it went like, yeah, pretty much through her leg. Does it count as 3D if it's going away from you? <laughs> I don't know. I will say that um, a fox here, uh, considering the fact that she is trespassing, is not nervous whatsoever. She's like very like, curious like a cat she is. She's curious like a cat, like a cat woman, like a little Halle Berry. She looks like a little Halle Berry. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think they're used to being deviant, right? Like, look at this. I mean, could you get any more creepy crawly than that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, she's having fun. Maybe she's six. <laughs> everyone, everyone, this, this script was actually written... For it was like Friday the Thirteenth Babies, where like everyone was just a bunch of kids, and and Jason Voorhees was like um, nanny, and he, he basically had to like round up all these kids all day. But they're like at the last second, they're like, no, let's just cast adults. <laughs> I like that theory. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Except the guy that wants to bone that girl all the time. That's that's kind of gross. Actually, that is very gross. Maybe they maybe they're like. Maybe they're like the only the only other adults that were written or whatever. It was Nanny versus Pato, and the rest were all children. Is this style? Is he just a biker? Is he a punk? What is he? It's hard to tell because they didn't like they had punks back then. Yeah, but it doesn't like I'm not sure what music he listens to, and that's really what it's about, right? Yeah, uh, he could have stole all these clothings. It's true, and they're also like he does ride a motorcycle. Yeah, so all of it has a lot to do with with. Being a motorcyclist, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... Because he's also got, like, gauntlets on. Yeah, that's motorcycle-y. That's more motorcycle-y than, than punk, really, truly. True. That's where it comes from. Well, that's how come I'm, I'm confused by this, his aesthetic. Because he's he's got a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Ta-da! Pitchfork... It's got to be more punk. Like that cool piercing and stuff is a little bit too edgy even for biker culture. Yeah. 1982? Yeah. Oh, right through me. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I love this guy. He's funny. Can't have a Friday the 13th death without blood coming out your mouth, it seems. Yeah, and the eyes vaguely crossing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you think their names are really Fox and Loco? No, I think that the only. But then again, his name is Ali or Ali, I suppose. So like, um, what uh, does he, he? He's the only one that doesn't have like a cool, a cool uh, biker gang name. Fox doesn't seem like. Maybe Fox could be your name, but Loco is definitely not. That is not his Christian name. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I don't think Fox is, is her name either. It's probably Mary. He's got a cool black widow on his vest. Well, that's just kind of attractive. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also like that uh Ollie will be back. There's a there's definitely um man, that's fucking handy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it seems that people are getting killed. Yeah. And it seems that this guy's probably doing it. He's probably been in altercations not unlike this before. Yeah. Oh, bludgeoned. Woof. It's weird to me that um Jason is so precise with everybody else, but he lets this guy slide a little bit. He does, and he bludgeons somebody, which is not a Jason thing to do. Maybe yeah. it's what happens when you change your pants. What is it with horror and the walking hands to show that the guy is so tough? Ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, well, Jason's <laughs> changed his pants, not only shaved his head. Maybe it's not Jason at all. It might, but like I say, he's evolved his meat goal. And then again, there was a lot of laundry hanging on the line. Oh, true. And he probably was he in his... Uh, his old overalls and shirt had been fucked up Mm -hmm. by machetes and stuff. So you never know. I don't know if like in, in certain instances, if there's enough time for, uh, for dudes to really come across as super tough. Like he's walking on his hands as a show of masculinity and virility because there's no one playing breakdance music. I'm sure if there was, Mm -hmm. he would try to do some like pop and locking. Maybe not in 1982, but certainly in the 90s. If he this was, is a precursor to the pop and lock. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he'd be like, look at how cool I am at, at doing my acrobatic dancing. Rick does, does, doesn't even really want to hear this story. Like, Yeah. Like, well, they came to this really nice uh, romantic ditch. Where I think it's a spring. I think it's probably spring water for campers. Um, but it's a really romantic place. Why should would she want to talk about what her wants and needs? Oh, 3D apples, Wes. It's so good. Also, um, Shelly is uh, juggling in a really weird way. Um, That's how I juggle. I'm a crummy juggler. I don't know how to juggle. Well, I'm not saying that he's juggling uh, bad or whatever. I'm I'm going more like uh, Andy. Like, that's how I juggle. I can juggle, by the way. Everyone in produce can juggle. It's it's like part of the job requirement. Is it really? I did not know that. I would never be able to work in produce. There, there. he's doing a better technique. Then then he's doing it. You know who's a very good juggler? Speaking of Andy's, Andy. Really? Yes, he is. Speaking of Andy Negative, um, who you can go and check out his debut album, or you can check out the his most recent album, SOS, which I've read a tie-in recently. I can't say much more than that, but holy crap, what a tour de force. Yeah. Vera's outfit, man. Again, a lot of just like, like primary colors on primary colors in this franchise so far. 
It works better than the plaid. It certainly does. I enjoy her. She's being friendly. She's shooting him down in a friendly manner. Mm -hmm. She's just being a friendly, nice, regular girl. I like her a lot. Yeah. It's also weird, though. Um, the, the the genesis of of Sh- of Shelley going... The genesis of Shelley going is that he is Andy's roommate. Andy thinks that Shelley is hopeless with women, so they convince Vera to go. Vera is not supposed to go because her mother is very traditional uh, Mm. Hispanic woman. And she's like, ah, you're not going off on this trip with boys. And she meets, she goes to all this trouble arguing with her mother to finally go. And she just goes and her mother's clearly not happy about it. If she even knows, maybe she even like just left. Like, no, her mom was there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Was not, not pleased. So you have, um, and and then she's introduced to, oh, this is your date. And he's wearing his Alice, sweet Alice mask. And he's acting like a goon. And, you know, really, like, Shelly's really hung up on his own appearance. Um, and uses, like, his goofs and whatever as, like, I guess a way to fucking deal with it. But anyway, my point is, is that I agree. Like, like now Vera has to spend her weekend basically, like, n- as nice as possible dodging this fucking weirdo. Um, be- because she was told that, oh, you're going to have a date for our weekend trip. I'm like, a date for a weekend trip? That's such a weird... Why couldn't it... Like, you could just casually say, like, hey, why don't you come... Why don't you come on this trip with us? There'll be single guys there. And you could just leave it at that. And, like, if she's interested, as opposed to, like, you know, presenting it as, like, Shelly, th- this this is your date for the weekend. Like, yeah, something like, like setting up somebody as a date for a fucking tea or a date for a movie night that's one thing because at the end of it all you can just be like hey see you later now are they expected to share a bed are they like they're trapped together yeah for the weekend at the very least yeah like it's disturbing but it's also maybe a throwback from the 70s where maybe people were a little more free and easy like yeah but but like yeah and i and i guess that um i i guess that uh my i'm stuck on the fact that like if people like each other and people go up to a cabin in the woods things just take care of themselves like that's how like you don't need to you don't need any um preface is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah it just seems like a lot of added pressure for something that's already kind of like like pressure enough in my she's dealing with it elegantly i i agree like like i do really like the vera character as much as like you know, Chris is not really my favorite final, sorry, uh, final girl, and um, can't stand Rick. Shelley is a fucking knob. Everyone else is kind of forgettable. I do like the character of Vera. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. This is Chris telling her a harrowing story, which just adds a lot of confusion um, to uh, Jason Voorhees' origin, in my opinion, just because, you know, again, like this is supposed to be taking place. In the past, yet Jason is going to look like he looked now, as opposed to how he looked in the previous movie. Maybe in the previous movie he was wearing someone else's scalp. Oh, he's like a like a Hannibal Lecter type thing. Yeah, yeah, he felt pretty. A little bit of Leatherface. Oh, Leatherface is a better yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like he was just finished cooking dinner. 
But like anyone escapes Jason Voorhees. Oh my. Yeah. Who are we kidding? They do this a couple of times in a couple of the movies. Seven comes to mind where there's characters that have um, harrowing stories about meeting Jason in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, either him coming up through the lake or in this case, like, I guess he's like just like a wood rapist or something like a that. A wood rapist. Uh, I, I don't know if that would be really rape, like what he's going to do with her. Because he's because he's clear. not just he's not just simply going to kill her. No, he and wants to drag her back to his cabin and add her to the pile of bodies. I guess that's what I true. would guess. She and but then she blacks out, and there's no uh, there's no explanation about why or how Jason let her go. He could have thought she was dead, and she stumbled away from the pile of bodies and found herself mm-hmm. in her bed. Could be. I'm just trying to explain it away. True. Because she says here, she says, I woke up on my own bed and my parents never said a thing. So the implication would be to anyone that you're telling the story to, they would just say that you were dreaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we know Jason's real. We know that's what he looks like. And when she sees him again, he uh, recognizes her. And she recognizes him. And she's like, you. So it did happen, right? Yes. It definitely did happen. Yeah, because like you were saying in the previous, we can't just keep, it can't always just be dreams and nightmares and visions and shit like that. No, exactly. I'd like to believe that pretty much everything that happens involving Jason, even little baby Jason coming out of the lake, that it all actually happened. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. The the, the, In 7, I feel it works because uh, these guys are just like cartoonishly stoned. I think that they not only smoked weed all day, they ate more of it than anybody else. (laughs) And he also ate other things, so, yeah. 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 These characters, um, interestingly, just going back to the Friday the 13th game, and I don't mean to, like, keep bringing it up, but I guess because, like, nowadays it's, like, the most, like, modern, in-your-face example of this franchise, because, mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been a movie in a few years. Yeah. Um, these characters, in a roundabout way, make an appearance in that game as one of the kills, and... They do, and the, their entire sequence, uh, their death sequence, um, Chuck and Chili? Shelly? Chili? No, it's Chili. Chili. Yeah. Um, Chuck and Chili, uh, uh, their entire death sequence is an entire sequence in that game. It's crazy. That moon in that uh, outhouse door is way too big. Like, you can literally just see right inside someone. In the well, outhouse. you wouldn't be able to see anyone doing anything. I mean, That's- it's high enough up. That's true. It's quite the little outhouse, though. We, um, there was a, uh, on my father's side of the family, there was an old farmhouse, and I only remember going there a couple of times, uh, and I wish I remember the name of it, because it had, like, one of those, like, this is this farmhouse. It, it was in our family, though, uh, and there was an old outhouse there. I remember the first time I ever went into there, in there, just fucking the biggest snake Oh, just came really? out the door and of course like like i'm not afraid of snakes but it certainly doesn't make you want to go to the bathroom in no, there no, exactly. like i just opened the door this huge snake comes out i think it was just like garter snake like harmless right like it's not going to do anything well, also by huge you don't mean like five feet long and like three mm-hmm. inches thick no, no 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 but i mean it wasn't a big adult snake yeah. like it was not like a little baby snake or anything like that probably like three feet 
an inch in diameter kind of thing. Like a pretty damn big garter snake. Because they can get kind of big. <laughs> or it might have been like a water snake, like some sort of puff adder or something. They are pretty big. It's, it's easy to think that, like, um, like, again, this is like Scooby-Doo. Like the way that they, like, fucking come into the tent. Very Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, yeah, Chuck's not having any of this. I used to babysit for so many people just like this when I was young. That woman is pretty much all the moms that I ever babysat for. Really? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, the creepiness. This, um, I never really noticed it before, which is funny because I've seen this movie 50 times. But... A, like it most all just occurs in this fucking barn, doesn't it? Like this is Pretty like much. really Jason's base of operations. Aside from the store down the road, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that that uh, Shelley's uh, appearance anxiety, let's call it, is really all up in his head. But I mean, Shelley did refer to him as Butterball <laughs> just a minute ago. Aside from the butterball, I mean, he could do with a haircut. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Really, truly, he's got the Jufro hard. <laughs> but I mean, it's supposed to be the six, like the seventies kind of feel in the eighties. I mean, he should get over it. They haven't really hit that Varney kind of aesthetic in the high schools where appearance was absolutely everything in the me generation. Mm-hmm. There's still sort of free love and high acceptance and things like that. So he shouldn't be as hung up as he is about it. But I mean, I think his appearance is not his problem. Oh no, this, this behavior. Yeah. That's the first time we get a glimpse of what would become iconic. Not so much Shelly in his like little, what do you call that? It's a, it looks more like a Star Trek uniform than a, a wetsuit. Yeah. Wetsuit. That's what it is. Why does he have a wetsuit? What the hell? Again, like, this guy. Like, it, it's crazy to me. This, it's like, this like this is like prototype, like, incel behavior. Being a jerk is better than being nothing. Yes, it truly is. Um, so he is like a poster child for that sort of Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, you know, like, Vera, her sort of, like, exasperated... Like, I do like you, Shelly, but it's not in the way that you fucking want, right? It's like, you know, if you had stopped with this shit um, and, like, talk to, like, actually try and talk to this woman, uh, you might be a little bit more successful. And if she doesn't want to to date you or sleep with you or whatever the fuck you're going for, like, so this is your alternative? Like, I'm going to get back at her by scaring her, I guess? What's sad about it is, like, you know, looking at him with the wet hair and stuff, he's not a bad-looking guy. So all of his hang-ups could be erased if maybe he met somebody who didn't mind his stupid pranks and and liked this about him. Yeah. They would probably bring out a really wonderful individual. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as annoying as, as I found Ted in the previous film with his stupid, like, mm knock knock jokes and stuff like that there was at least like a a, an innocent doofus like quality to ted which i don't which i don't like but at least like there's a real um problem there's a real um malicious bent Mm 
to everything that Shelley does. Like he uses pranks to, he says to get people to like him, to fit in, being a jerk is better than nothing or whatever the fuck he's talking about, but he uses them as revenge and he uses them to, he's genuinely trying to freak people out and make them miserable. There's not, this is a prank for everyone to enjoy. This is just, no, I'm fucking with you. And anytime I feel slighted or insecure, I'm going to scare the shit out of Vera. He, he called Vera a bitch under his breath. And then the next thing you know, he's trying to pull her into the water in the middle of the night with a fucking spear gun. You know well, it I mean? would make so much more sense if he were 10 years old and he would be jealous because of misfiring hormones, not being grown up like everybody else. Like, it would make a hell of a lot more sense. That is fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, finally, the prankster gets pranked. Um, but that's where where it seems to live to me. But Vera's been nothing but, like you said, like as nice as humanly possible letting this garbage man down. He is a garbage man. <laughs> I like that he's got that shitty vinyl wallet. Um, Velcro wallet. Yeah, vinyl. Yeah, I meant uh, canvas Velcro wallet. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you know what? I would just be like, fucking leave it. Who cares? Well, okay. you are an asshole. I, you know what? It's because I'm on the outside looking in at this guy's behavior and how she, you know, wants, like, doesn't want to be mean to him. But, like, he basically forces her to do it. But, I mean, whatever. It's not like the wallet's far away. You just get it easily. No, she could have grabbed a stick. That's what I would have done. I wouldn't have taken my shoes off for him. You yeah, know, that's as true. much as I'm not going to be an. An asshole, I am still I wouldn't be waiting in the water for him. And there it is. Iconic I- Jason. Iconic first scene. And Vera gets to be the first person killed with hockey mask Jason. Yeah, it's funny that she doesn't instantly recognize that that is not Shelley. Like this is a hulking man. That isn't dressed in a wetsuit. And boom. There's a 3D effect for your... 3D harpoon? <laughs> 3D harpoon. Like, why does he have a working harpoon gun to begin with? <laughs> it was in his little magic bag. <laughs> yeah, that's magic. But yeah, this is wonderful Jason. Acting mm-hmm. like Jason. Acting like Jason, he's still, in in certain instances, moving a little slow. Still, um, but, uh, but he is still, uh, even though he's moving a little slower, he is a... Uh, a faster uh, Jason, very uh, top-heavy again, muscular Jason. How are you going to figure that they successfully had sex in a hammock? Very carefully, I, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Was it you, me, or the hammock? Maybe it's a whole like waterbed thing. Oh God, have you ever have you ever tried to sleep on a waterbed? I used to have a waterbed. Yeah, I. I knew that, and I forgot. Yes. (laughs) Apparently, the hammock did help in their lovemaking, though. More so than a waterbed ever would. Yeah, I've only sat on a waterbed, and uh, I can't imagine it. Um, I couldn't imagine sleeping on it. Maybe you just get used to it. This whole um, getting a brew, it's classic horror. Yep, it very much is. I'm surprised (laughs) they didn't bring two tall cans in with them, a la Halloween. (laughs) And a pumpkin. 
Why not? But it's not Halloween time. I have to keep reminding myself. It's only Halloween time here. Mm-hmm. Jason um, killing someone in the shower. Sometimes it's ladies. Sometimes it's boys. Doesn't matter. Again, with the fucking hand standing. Disgusting feet. Yeah. I guess, like, I, I guess Andy's mentality is like, look at me, I'm so funny, what a wild man. Because he's still, like, he could leave the, the, the room and go back down on his uh, feet, because there's no one to impress anymore. But he's still like, no, I'm committing to the bit. Well, partially, and that's also, like, his workout, too, right? Like, he's got a bit of jock mentality, so he's got to get sick gains i don't know i don't know he's you know what he's gonna gain uh another hole in his body yep boom it's a pretty lovely kill there's a very lovely kill Mm -hmm. Um, one of the bloodier ones really one of the bloodier especially when you like again when you we we discover his body he is fucking like bisected Mm -hmm. it's pretty fucking crazy a lot of groin trauma don't fuck in the woods. Don't fuck in the woods and don't present your genitalia to Jason. No. He does <laughs> he does not like it. So we get some shower death, which is almost alluded to in the last one where we had that bit of killer point of view, mm-hmm. almost psycho reminiscent. But now it's like just n- naked vulnerable, right? When you feel yeah. at the most where she's the most, uh, where, where she's going to, like, chill out. Because that's what this is, right? Like, she's going to chill out and read Fangoria. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but again, her being uh, pregnant is a detail that is, uh, like, it becomes, like, you would forget. And you'd be forgiven for forgetting. Not only does she not look pregnant whatsoever, but, I mean, it's not really germane to anything it's just all this weird extra stuff hanging off this movie because we've seen couples we've seen couples old couples coming back here before i was like whether it's kevin bacon and his girlfriend or if it's sandra and jeff and the previous ones or it's uh andy and debbie there's a stack of fangos oh you know there's a famous monster yeah i just saw that too yeah Perfect stuff to read out in the scary woods. But um, I really, really miss camp right now. Yeah. Especially, this is the most camp, right? Like, you're reading Fango, and you're just getting all excited about the 25 years with Godzilla. What is that? What What an awesome magazine. It comes with fresh blood. It comes with fresh blood. And it also... Um, Lovely. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that's also really great. I wish they had lingered on that knife death a little bit longer. I do too, a la Kevin Bacon, because that went on quite some time, getting mm-hmm. to see it come up through his body. But yeah. Uh, this film was uh, more scrutinized, which is funny because I was going to mention earlier as we were watching uh, Loco get killed, um, they had this whole sequence coming up here. Popcorn, is, 3D uh, popcorn. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. But I think as a child, that's what I always dreamed when my grandmother made popcorn, yeah. that it would go like, but it never did. Yeah. But um, I was going to say, um, when 
the the kills came out the the violence in part two was apparently in such a way that um the third one really got hit hard with the edit hammer and uh as far as uh, the uh film board was concerned this is that sequence from the game, basically. Yeah, it, it is. It was identical, and the characters. I guess they couldn't get the actors' uh, likenesses, so they kind of they kind of look the same, but a little bit different. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like, he's got to go down in this gross, gross fucking situation. Like it's so wet down here. Like what is with all the water? Reminds me of Outlast. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, One of the scarier scenes in it last. Anytime that you like watching a horror movie or playing a horror video game and you're suddenly in like a little bit of water, you're always just starting to freak out. I mean, this isn't quite so deep. Like it's not like like knee deep water where there's obviously a fucking ghoulie underneath the <laughs> underneath No, the water. but it's it's you know, electrocution is eminent here, right? Oh, yeah. It's going to happen if he touches anything that's live. Yeah. Everything about this basement just seems so fucking unsafe. Old skunks, <laughs> old waffle irons. Yeah, <laughs> totally scary. Well, well, this guy, this is fucking shaggy, right? Like, that's what this is, right? And so every time he turns around and there's anything that could remotely scare him, he's just like, zoinks! Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Except the little cheesecake thing. He likes that. That calms him right down. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about Shaggy and the, the Scooby cartoons that they never went into, he's a huge poon hound. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm convinced. I, I, I could sort of see that, but also not really. And, you know, that'll be more fun when we get into Cabin in the Woods next, where there's a lot more, um, more Shaggy and Scooby type people in Cabin in the Woods. Well, a Shaggy. <laughs> one Shaggy. Have you ever heard of the story about the boy who cried wolf? This guy with the throat <laughs> slashed? Well, how do you know it's not just a clever prank, Wes? It's true. I love that. Mm, Jason Looming? Oh my god, that is so fucking iconic. Zoinks! <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the inevitable. It wasn't until you mentioned the electrocution, I totally forgot that that's how that dude bites it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does she got an inhaler? Do you think that's full of weed? That's a, 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 a boot. It's a boot that she keeps her weed in, probably. Probably. Everything you keep your weed in there. <laughs> what it reminds me of is a, a floating keychain for boating. Oh, yeah. It could be a lighter, though. That's something else a stoner really needs. It's so... Hurry, <laughs> I shall. He's dead. He's dead. Um. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 3D hot poker. Oh, my God. It's so fucking great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, until they go back to uh, Chuck and Chili, I actually forget that these characters are still in the fucking movie. Because they're sleeping on the couch for most of it? Yeah. They're just so high. Oof. Well, at least it's cauterized as it went through. Yeah. That's the best case scenario for getting run through with a poker. Woof. It doesn't look like a mortal injury. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Jason does where you're thinking, that kills somebody? Yeah. Really? Harpoon through the eye, though. That's a good one. That one I can get. You know, that would be dead as a doornail. 
True. Instant. Although there was that story about that kid eating with chopsticks and he was exhausted and he passed out while he was eating and he woke up with just like a little a little red mark under his eye and he didn't know what happened and it wasn't until like days or weeks later that he had an entire chopstick in his head. Which is awesome. I like that. I like that idea that you can not notice you have a chopstick embedded in your skull. Yeah. No, people have gotten impaled by all sorts of stuff and, and, and lived through it or True. you know, dealt with it or had like a railroad spike in their head for three days or got driven themselves to emergency with a butcher knife sticking out the back of their head and not realize oh burnt popcorn is the worst smell ever oh especially like that cloud of smoke that just like went right in her face oh god i like this idea of um chris is just at this point still under the mentality of uh cabin hostess where she's like just wandering around the cabin like these chuckle fucks put a chair in front of the door these shit wizards burn their popcorn whatever that <laughs> yeah because she's like oh real smart uh, unlike jenny who from halfway in like there's something wrong and had had like brooding like thoughts of this poor deformed man in the woods mm-hmm. you know things like that or she's on edge immediately when she returns to the cabin uh and now they're returning to the cottage and she's still kind of like where is everybody what's going on why are you making such a mess yeah even yeah. though she had had an encounter with jason so if anyone should be yeah. at ill at ease it's her but now mm-hmm. she's just sort of like where is everyone she's just a very reactionary character for a final girl i don't like, there's nothing specific about her. <laughs> Later, Rick. There's nothing specific about her that um, makes me think that she should live over anybody else, right? Whereas Ginny, I'm like, no, this is a smart, resourceful individual. Even Alice in the first film, like, you know, she's like making traps and, and stuff like that. Like, she's. Yeah. This kill is ridiculous. Not only um, does he, like, pop an eye and, you know, as. Our resolutions have increased over the years, so too can we see the the practical effects. Oh work yes, there. We, we certainly can. But um, this that's the first time I think that you really just see Jason inhumanly manhandle somebody, like where he like he crushed that man's head. Brock Lesnar could do it. <laughs> so in a way, the. Brock Lesnar is the closest to a real life Jason Voorhees that we could ever get. Pretty much. That's gonna be, um, that's gonna be like my, my new uh, Friday the Thirteenth reboot with Brock Lesnar as a millennials Jason Vo- Jaden Voorhees. We'll call him Helen. Oh my god, that would be perfect. <laughs> if you could have it produced by WWE, then that would be even better. Yeah, he's like Jaden Voorhees. He's got himself a man bun and he's on his cell phone all the time. And he kills people by just being huge. We're getting our long, slow reveals. Or are we? Or are we is right. But it's like, it's all obviously blood-soaked, so you can't just be like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, she definitely at least is bolting out of the house now, but you're right. She would have the, fuck, there's so many leaves in that fucking cottage right now. Um, 
All we need is a little rain now, and it's a little better Jason Voorhees weather. Maybe she'd feel a little more ill at ease if it was Jason Voorhees weather. Yeah, maybe. She's Listen, I only get intimidated around here when it's raining. Wind doesn't scare me. But does a body... She doesn't know who that is. Look who he's smiling. Yeah. It's hard to look dead upside down when you're alive. True, true. God knows we've been in that situation (laughs) countless times. We've all been there. (laughs) It is interesting that they choose a a violent windstorm as opposed to just traditional rain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure it rains in nearly every single one of these movies. Pretty much, pretty much. And I'm waiting for some sort of rain here because this is not very Jason. This is more Evil Dead weather. This is more Evil Dead weather. That's a good fucking call. I like lamp coat rack. What is that? <laughs> this is more Evil Dead cottage. Look at this shit. What's this? Windows don't <laughs> behave like that. Where, yeah, where's your true. talking deer mount? There's enough uh, taxidermied animals in this place, by the way. Um, you know what I mean? Like calling for Rick, help me. She's just, I don't know, man. Like there's just not enough about, uh, Chris that makes me feel as though she should live. Well, there's Rick. Oh yeah. You, you called. (laughs) Yeah. Head crushed. Probably shit his pants. Like enjoy. Hope he shit his pants. He deserves it. That'd be nice. Hey, hey ladies. (laughs) <laughs> he looks fucking huge he looks fucking huge and he looks just wonderful this is the wonderful jason that we've all known and loved for so many years even though he only makes his debut well over halfway through the third movie yeah yeah well we gotta <laughs> was that 3d books yeah 3d books we gotta we gotta spend a lot of our time beforehand um you know Looking at Shelly's pranks and uh, getting roughed up by those gas station toughs. And... The kills happen fairly regularly. It mm-hmm. just seems like there's so much taffy pulling in between that it is almost tiresome. Mm-hmm. This movie could be a half hour long if you took out a whole bunch of that. I get it. But, I mean, and it's not like they're going to pepper in more kills. But at least make what they're doing a little more interesting, perhaps. That's true. God, you know, this this uh, cabin has so much stuff in it. Like, really, so much stuff. Like, every closet is jam-packed with furniture and clothes and just bric-a-brac. Like, there's just so much shit everywhere. This sequence... um you know, you're still dealing with a, a Jason that still is behaving somewhat like a mortal man mm-hmm. because, like, he's going to be pretty ginger when it comes to uh, getting slashed. I do like this. I do like this idea of, okay, now you have to pull a knife out of your friend's back because you need to be able to defend yourself. Which not enough serial killer and maniac victims think of doing yeah and she goes at it yeah like she you know this you know what i'll take i'll I'll take it back a little bit what i was saying about chris oh calm down you can't it's not like the first time you saw it this one sequence because you know like my authentic reactions i do like this yes it's this slick 
<laughs> First, you can see the string, but um, I also just like the idea. It's like, man, like Jason's knife throwing. You know? Jason's knife throwing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, is this her acting so tough to preserve her unborn child? Is this... Well, Chris isn't pregnant. Oh. It's Debbie that's pregnant. Derp. <laughs> that's all right. You know, I'm, Debbie's dead. Like De- Debbie, dead. Debbie, yeah. Debbie is very dead. Um, and and she, to be fair, Chris and Debbie do look very similar. And she did say that she wanted to be tougher when she was having a conversation out in the woods by the spring. That she wants to be tougher for them and a stronger person. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Maybe she just needs to be put to the test. Um. Now this is a good test. This, this is a fun good test. gauntlet to run a person through. This this one sequence in which she's looking at uh, Jason through the window, uh, it, it's where I'm reminded that Chris does know the lay of the land better than anyone else here because this is her family's cabin. Woof. <laughs> he was almost like reaching for her before uh, before she got in front of him. He just looks so. But then again, he did just get whacked by a huge piece of wood. So, and if the uh, video game tells us anything, he's pretty easy to stun. Very stunnable. Mm-hmm. So he's stunned, but I mean, she does know the lay of the land, and she does seem extremely capable. Like she's opened up this cottage and takes care of it, mm-hmm. and probably knows how to run everything around it, and has for years. Mm-hmm. So that gives her a little bit of an edge. That's true. But she stopped crying for the man to help her. That well, I mean, I, I suppose when she realized, I, I everyone's dead. Yes, everyone's, everyone's dead. dead. So, but at the same time, it, it is true. It's like she wants to be tougher and she wants to um, survive for sure. But um, it did take her having no other options for her to to sort of rise above it. But she still is just in survival mode here. It is crazy to me that um, this is one of those like horror tropes where the car inevitably will break down. But they did set it up. A story behind it, which I really like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with her, you would really expect somebody who'd been crying for men and worrying so much about what the men thought up until this point that she would just curl into a ball. Mm -hmm. But... I like that she doesn't do that. Oh, a reserve gas tank? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. but but it's been lingering on that flimsy-ass bridge too long. Yeah. Which they also set up, which is really handy. Yeah. <laughs> Trying every trick in the book. Now he's trapped. Unless he does his classic, I'm actually wearing a bit of armor on my face, so I'm going to use that. Good trick? It's not a bad trick. I do like this, like... How he sort of quickly sort of skating around. Again, the, these long scenes of Jason running, we they will vanish as the series progresses. And it will be almost as if he is literally teleporting around. Yes. We will never see this character run around like this much past the fourth movie. Uh really at all he'll just always just kind of appear that sequence in which chuck turns on the light and jason is looming that is basically like how jason will always appear in every scene His- yeah very active jason there's a couple scenes at the arm through the door just there there's a couple scenes in this movie that are just oil paintings in my mind mm. ah 
smart thinking. Now you're all trapped. Yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, Jason has been hanging out in this barn for at least a day. Yeah, yeah. Not quite as long as he's hanging out in his, his cabin, so he doesn't know it quite as well. Because yeah. he's rooting for weapons right now. But, like, it it is... He's been killing people in it for at least a day. Yeah. Still arranging his bodies. I guess it is um, to be a functioning stable. But no horses. No, no, not for quite some time. But all the accoutrements. Yeah. We had a lot of stuff from farm animals that we didn't own anymore. If he can't find her, at least he could find a weapon. I always think about uh, you talking about the the old stuff that you had, and you had like all those old uh, circular saw parts or whatever hanging off the wall. Yeah, I always thought that'd be good. Like Jason could find that and like throw them at like frisbees at people or something. Oh, I think of all the weapons in the barn. Well, then again, my dad does have a giant machete very near the door. So, <laughs> well, there's that then. <laughs> yeah, Jason wouldn't have to look far to find a weapon around my father. It's funny that he never thinks to look up because there is like another level to that. But I suppose like, woof, <laughs> that's so good. It's, it's really more, it's it's not like, ah, oh, what a, a brilliant maneuver by uh, Chris. No, she just kind of fell off. <laughs> she did kind of fall on but at least she planned it. Like, well, if I'm going to have to let go, I might as well let go and try and take him out. Yeah, totally. But she does know this barn as well as she knows her cottage and has probably spent so much time up here playing as a kid, mm-hmm. let alone doing whatever it is, you know, teenagers do in a hayloft. Rolling in the hay, I suppose. Rolling in the hay. She seems like she probably would, like, go up there to read or something, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. Uh, depending on how much allergies she has to this shit. She seems okay. How heavy is... Uh those bales of hay do you th- like normally oh uh it depends if they're very old they can be dried out and they can probably weigh about 20 pounds but if they're fresh and wet or if they've gotten rained on which is the absolute worst i'd have to say just guessing you know somewhere between 60 and 110 pounds yeah yeah it's just like jason pushes that off like nothing right so it's probably it's probably pretty dry or whatever this is um an interesting i mean you probably just stab him with the knife that he had as opposed to <laughs> like hanging him it's it's no i would have opted for this if i had a choice if i was quick thinking enough mm. and she's pretty quick thinking with because she's played on this thing and and mm-hmm. pranked her little friend with it and everything mm. so like um I would I would rather that because it would keep him still even if it doesn't kill him, mm-hmm. where he could wrestle the weapon away from me. That's a good point. Also, yeah, he is kind of hanging up there, can't really get off. Well, at least she would. Uh, well, you'd like to think, yeah, yeah. Even if it didn't kill him, you know, he'd be stuck there until you call the police. Because that's the, that's what you should do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, uh, there, there's like, subtle references to how strong Jason is because, like, it's really hard for her to get this this uh, log out of uh, out of the like the, the, to unblock the door, basically. Yeah, yeah, and he just like sort of jammed it in there gently. And yeah, 
it's stuck in there for good type thing. Mm-hmm. But I could definitely see that. And you could, and, and I liked how she like very quickly just like grabbed that wheel. It makes it seem like I bet you she was aware that, oh yeah, when it's stuck, go get that metal wheel and bump it up or whatever. Subtle references to how strong Jason is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She does recognize him when he finally lifts up that mask. And he must have recognized her, if not before that, just at least then. Yeah. Because he's like, eh? Oh, shit. Well, he tried. Yep, he did. (laughs) I kind of... At least what I'll give for uh, Ollie coming back, he gives gives Chris the, the, the moments that she needs to collect her thoughts so she can basically just split this guy's head it's better than in fucking jason goes to hell with that bounty hunter that's been hyped through the entire movie just like flies into the room is like remember me jason (laughs) and then he just instantly gets fucking murked oof this this um jason getting hit in the head with the axe and still going forward we did talk about people getting head injuries and still being able to move but like it definitely gives you an idea of like that's a tough motherfucker. Like <laughs> He's a tough motherfucker. That or it's like when you cut a chicken and their head off and the way that their body reacts. Maybe that's just what was happening there. Yeah. He is also a meat golem. Yeah, he is a meat golem. So we can't apply our human science to him. Now this seems like the right idea. Even though there's a road leading out of here that you can run down, let's hop in a canoe. Yeah. The endings of the first couple of films, and I'll also include four in this because the ending of that is fucking book wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, they there's there's a couple of things where I think that the 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 writers and the various directors that have handled the the films at this point, they believe that there is certain expectations and ways that you were supposed to end a Friday the 13th movie. And that seems to be canoe dream sequence. And I don't know if, if it's fair to look at them, look at the franchise as a whole, because you would always assume that every person who made one of these movies assumed or maybe thought perhaps naively that this would be the last one that they did. So maybe in this, they thought, oh, well, this will be a nice little homage to the uh, original or something like that. And we're never going to cross this bridge again. But I don't know. By the time you get to four, you're <laughs> still doing this shit. You're like, we have crossed this bridge again and again. Yeah. But I do like this sequence. I like I the do. sequence a lot, too. Particularly getting stuck on a log when you're out on a boat. That's happened to me a million times uh, out on the boats, mm-hmm. especially canoes paddle boats uh when you get into these little uh inland areas uh in lakes and shit um it uh the sound that it makes like when you get close to those logs how slimy how they feel how they smell it all evokes all this imagery to me this sequence is the what scared the young lad that uh, had watched this movie oh really jason coming through the window and then bursting out the door he thought it was a really uh Really spooky. I could see that for sure. Oof. 
Yeah, trying to lift a canoe in that backwards fashion over something like that in the I, River. Yeah. It's horrible. I was like, I have no idea why you think that would work. I mean, i never done it with a deformed maniac chasing me, but... Oh, it does work. It just takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yeah. Well, because you can shove stuff down. One of the things that I think is always super deceptive to people is like when you can see the bottom of a lake. Good Lord. Like. (laughs) Love that. I love that look with those lychee worms or whatever they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, a. Oh, Pamela. (laughs) Mrs. Voorhees coming out as a waterlogged bog hag at that point a bog hag that is a good that's a good term for her yeah because because to me it it in it looks like fucking eric estrada (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh that guy um or sorry that you could assume that the same sort of like meat golem magic that uh resurrected jason could in theory resurrect his mother and it all lives in the lake. And that's where the child Jason actually lives in the spirit of Jason that has created this meat golem to go and terrorize and get revenge on anyone who dare fuck in the woods or the streets of Manhattan. Or, or the streets of Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> which is almost, not quite, but almost in the point of the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre or... Um... It really reminds me of I Spit on Your Grave, like yeah. the ending, like where you're... And there's some, there's quite a few scenes in the last maybe 20 minutes that remind me a lot of I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah. This is just the saddest way that we could end old Jason. Look at him, looking all sleepy. He's he's like all tuckered out from his killing. It's like he's in recovery position from being drunk and someone didn't want him to choke on his tongue. <laughs> Did the cops even notice him? I have no idea. It seems strange to me that they wouldn't be trying to cart his body off or that Chris wouldn't attempt to say anything. I do like these lingering shots of the of the lake and that uh, whatever it was, like a fish biting a gnat or something like that, just makes you wonder like what's under the surface of the water. I don't think that was a fish biting a gnat. I think that was the the spirit of Jason. Maybe bubbling up from the. It's like it's like Jay, Jason's body left his meat golem, so that meat golem's done. That's why he'll look different in the fourth movie. <laughs> Victor Miller wasn't there just a big uh, lawsuit that was just finished. There was a big lawsuit, and and uh, so, both illuminating and ambiguous. Victor Miller holds the rights to his contributions of the script of the first Friday the Thirteenth. However. Uh, it does not go to all derivations up to and including Jason Voorhees and the mask. Jason being definitively dead, both stated by Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham in the original script. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Jason Voorhees character continuing onward, uh, Victor Miller holds no rights over. So he basically has... He, he will be owed royalties for Friday the 13th Part 1... And everything that comes from Friday the 13th Part 1. Like the first 10 minutes of this movie? Uh, like with the mother anyway? Yeah. So like maybe stuff like that. But he... So for example, him saying like, I own Jason Voorhees. is He does not own Jason Voorhees. No. 
And he owns the origin of Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. I suppose. I suppose, yeah. You can make an argument for that. Apparently, they're going to appeals. It's a mess. It's a fucking mess. But as it stands, um, it seemed to be ruling in his favor that he was owed something for Friday the 13th, which, you know, all, all, all's fair. Whatever. Let them... Uh, John Carpenter, transportation captain. Probably not the John. Well, it's a different John. It's a different spelling. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're we're credits are rolling, motherfucker. Jesus, that was fun. Mm, that was fun. I really love taking a look at these movies. It's uh, in the commentary track uh, because I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine us watching this movie together and then going over to our chairs and recording like so friday the 13th part three what did you think lydia exactly you know what i mean like such a waste of time like this is a way better way to uh handle it i think and um uh like it goes by quick like fuck man it's it's crazy how uh it does not seem like these movies are that long i guess they're only 90 minutes but it really flies by which is perfect i really do have dreams of having a podcast that only cover 88 minute movies 88 minutes. And if the movie's longer than 88 minutes, we stop there. Yeah. Because I just like 88 <laughs> minute movies. Yeah. Completely. But that's, yeah. but that's it. And that concludes our Halloween commentary track specials for 2018. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> I hate you know, commentary tracks. We've been doing this for years now. I know. And so we've covered we've covered a lot. And you know what? We've covered more Friday the 13th now than technically speaking because we've done three of them as opposed to... Two of all the other ones. Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. uh, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw. So, yeah. Now, is this going to be released on Friday the 13th? No. I don't think so. Okay. Well, either way. I don't know when we're going to hit four, but coming up next we have Cabin in the Woods, as you said. Cabin in the Woods is going to be an interesting... This might be a, This might be what they call a fat and skinny in the, uh, <laughs> in, in the, in the uh, parlance of movie reviews because... I don't love this movie. Awesome. I do. Uh, but every time that Lids and I have sat down for a movie that I that I thought, I don't like this movie, because we did uh, House of Thousand Corpses. Yep. And we did, uh, fuck, there was something else I didn't like um, that I did. Oh, uh, 28 Days Later. Yep. I was like, I don't like this movie. And both of those times, I turned right around on they, it. They grew on you. They, they grew, grew on, on me. You. And even though I don't think that they were perfect, 28 Days Later, on, like I don't know what the fuck I was smoking, that I didn't like that movie. That's a fucking masterpiece. But um, House of Thousand Corpses, I was like, this is a good movie. There's still things about it. But... Cabin in the Woods, you never know. When when a style grates on you, a style grates on you. Uh, I'm interested to hear some criticism of that movie because I've tuned it out up until now. <laughs> I think that my criticism is always fair. But you know what I will yeah. say? I will say this about films that people generally don't like. Somebody else was um, commenting on Instagram the other day about uh, certain horror films. He's like, you know, I know a lot of people don't like these movies, but, uh, you know, I, I like them, blah, blah. And I, I was like, man, don't do that. Don't, don't, there's no such thing as guilty pleasures, only guilty people. Like, if you like this movie and this is your favorite horror movie of all time, don't fucking let a prick like me. Well, yeah, but when you get so used to people beating you down over it. Like That's I, true. I went both ways of being a, a proud little horror fan and then being told that girls shouldn't like horror or being treated like a spaz. <laughs> and then I would, like, be apologetic for my leanings. And then got to a point where I didn't give a shit anymore, of course. So That's the idea that I like. Well, yeah. 
And, and that's just where I'm more comfortable. Yeah. Not giving a shit. Not giving a shit. That's what I know about you. But he's just in that in-between time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. But so I, well, my point being is I, even though OS right at this moment, who knows, I might change my tune, uh, doesn't, is not a huge Cabin Lord fan. Uh, I'm certainly happy that a lot of people are. It's okay. We'll go, we're covering Fire in the Sky after, which I do know you like. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. Which was surprising to me. So I'm very excited to get to that. Yeah. That'll that, be post-Halloween. So. That will be post-Halloween. It'll get in colder. Yep. You're still going to have to put our jackets on. It's nice and cozy in here, though. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm Wes Knight. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>